Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 cast featuring your hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teed. I almost forgot Kyle's name. Today, in episode 13 of the 8311 cast, we're going to be going over Alabama rolling on home with the shape of an L on their forehead. The Bears game-losing dubious double-doinker in the NFC wildcard game, and of course, Cyclones losing to the Baylor Bears, the only Bears team to come out with a win this past week. Ooh, ooh, ooh got him. Oof. How long did it take you to come up with the Alabama spiel there? Um, Literally three seconds before I said it. Okay. That's very creative. I appreciate Thanks. your creativity there, I, I do what I can with my intros. And then I'm quiet. That's good. See, you you used to you used to write out your intro, see, but I've noticed you've stopped doing that and you're coming up with them on the spot. I'd be interested to see. Give give us some feedback, audience, and tell us if Wyatt's intros have been getting worse recently since he stopped writing them out, so we can criticize him for it if that's the case. Make him put more work in. Oh, beforehand. please don't do that. I just want to wing it, man. <laughs> Speaking of more work, Alabama's coaching staff has a little bit more work to do. Uh, as I'm sure Nick Saban is very unhappy with their performance in that championship game. That is the worst loss under Nick Saban as head coach at Alabama. And that game was really, it started out crazy and electrifying. And when it got to 16 to 14, it really wasn't a close game after that with Bama not scoring for pretty much the rest of the game. And did they score at all the rest of the game? Yeah, they scored once. They, yeah, they did score once, but they, they went for it a lot on fourth down, and they had a dismal fake field goal on a fourth down that went absolutely nowhere, and their offensive line was just in shambles all night. Tua Tagovailoa was under pressure and scrambling for his life as Wilkins, who is going to be an absolute stud in the NFL, played lights-out football as well as most of the Clemson defense. They obviously had the pick six on Tua to start the scoring to open up the game, but Clemson just came out as the better team, and Dabo Sweeney was very candid. They climbed the mountain, and they what? are now on top of the mountain. Yeah, dab on them, Dabo. You just beat dab. down Alabama. Roll, Tigers. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it's not Royal Tigers, Kyle. It I'm is now. Sure. That's no. It's Royal Tigers just because you. Alabama got absolutely destroyed. I mean, Alabama did get absolutely destroyed. You're not lying, but Royal Tigers. That doesn't mean that that that's the right saying. That's no good try. That's like saying Gigum Red Raiders. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Or like that. or Hook'em Bears. Yeah. <laughs> Also, also not good. Hook them sooners. Sick them huh. sigh. Even worse. Isn't that a thing? I'm pretty sure. Isn't that a thing? I've seen that. Well, Sikkim is Sikkim's yeah, Baylor. Baylor. I know. That's what Baylor does. Sikkim. I know. But we're not Baylor's rivals. Fair enough. I was going I for I was, I was going, going for, for rivals there, and then you just kind of went Baylor Iowa that's State. That's because it was, was on my yeah. mind. We'll get to it in a minute. But yeah. I give that so ba- a thumbs down, Wyatt. <laughs> but anyway, going back to the actual, you know, football, because apparently we're supposed to talk about sports here, I've been told. Uh, so over the last four years, right, Bama and Clemson have obviously been the uh, the dominant teams in the uh, in the NCAA football. Over the last four years, 
Alabama and Clemson have both gone 55 and 4 and both have two national titles. So the teams essentially have identical resumes over the last four years. And we've always been saying that uh, Bama has been like the dynasty of these last, you know, eight years or whatever. But really, if you look at the last four years, Clemson's been just as good as Alabama has. So we really have to start thinking, if we consider Alabama a dynasty, we have to start thinking about Clemson the same way. Personally, I think that they've gone at each other enough that you can't really consider either of them a dynasty per se, just because of how competitive they've been with each other. They've kept both of those teams without the other would have dynasties, but because of the other ones, I don't think either of them have been dynasties because they've, I don't want to say comp conflicted with each other so well, you know what I mean? With uh, switching national titles and stuff like that. It's interesting. Also, there was another thing I was going to say, and I forgot about it. So, also nothing. Well, yeah. Keeping keeping on with that, it's Clemson really came in to their own in 2012 when they beat LSU in, I believe it was the Sugar Bowl. Then they beat LSU in the Sugar Bowl. It was a game winning field goal that they hit. And that's when Clemson really started this run that has had them in the college football playoff for the first four or five years, five years, whatever, however long it's been. And Clemson is dominating the ACC and really the only team who's been able to challenge them was Florida State back when Jameis Winston was there. But since then, nobody's been able to challenge Clemson in the ACC, similar to how Bama has had their way with the SEC. So we are looking at two teams who are going to continually be in the college football playoff, in my mind, for the next two to three years down the road. Clemson for sure two years because they have a stud at quarterback. This Trevor Lawrence showed up and showed out. He was some. He was twenty of thirty-two for three hundred three hundred fifty plus yards and three touchdowns. He was throwing dimes all over and, the field, and he's only nineteen. Yeah. He's younger than us. How can somebody younger than us be that successful? I don't get it. Well, they makes me has, makes me can. He has just a little bit more talent than us it may are you sure yeah i don't know i think i think our intermural basketball is going to show that we have quite a oh, bit of talent no 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 yeah. no 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 when no, that no. gets going <coughs> no, no 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 you don't want you don't want us to record your intermural basketball playing wide oh, you don't please, think that would be uh, no. a successful experience no, you'll see, you'll... should we put our box <laughs> score on the <laughs> 8311 <laughs> cast yes Yes, once Intermural Basketball season starts, we'll go over our Intermural Basketball oh box score every week on the air so we can uh, figure out that Wyatt does one of two, th- one of three things every time he touches the <laughs> ball. Panics and shoots, panics and travels, or panics and double dribbles. Those are about the only three things you do when you touch the yeah, ball, right. Wyatt. Don't touch the ball. And his shot foul. goes off. His shot goes off the top of the backboard. Hey, only that, <laughs> that one time. Only okay, that one time. Too. Why? Because the other times you panicked and did one of the other things yeah. instead of shooting? Yeah. I'm not good at basketball. How many times did you get called for double dribble Only last twice. year? Do you remember Only that? twice. Is it, we gave you the ball that few times? I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Well, speaking of not panicking, back to Trevor Lawrence, who played an absolute great game. And he 
showed up the golden boy Tua Tagovailoa, who everybody had been talking about. Tua, 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 all you're missing all a syllable long. in his name. What? Tua Tagovailoa. You're missing. You're missing a syllable. You're putting one too few syllables in his last name. I don't think he's gonna watch this and care. I mean, you can't watch a podcast, so you liked. He's it. not gonna watch. He's it. not gonna listen to it. And care. Anyway, can I keep derailing us for the rest of this podcast? No. How many times can I derail us? How many do you know transitions Clemson, can I have? Did, did, did you know that Clemson's quarterback looks a lot like Sunshine from Remember yes, the Titans? He does. That's who, that's who I think he is. Sunshine, He's really just Sunshine from Remember the Titans sunshine, reincarnated. Sunshine. That's that's what he is. Also, if you haven't watched Remember the Titans, you need to go do that. It's one of the best movies ever. Do it. Love it. Fantastic. Anyway. Back to football. Clemson's quarterback. He's really good. He's younger than us. Also, fun fact, the one seed in the college football playoff has never actually won the championship. The one seed has not won the championship any year that the college football playoff has happened. That so is a fun fact. Because I mean, last time... It's not... Well, the last it doesn't time really Clemson mean anything. Won, the last time Clemson won, Alabama was number one. So right. the number four And Alabama was won this time. Team. Yeah. Last year when Alabama won, they were number four. So, yeah. And then Ohio State won it as number four one year as well. Yep. So, and number one hasn't won it. So, that's uh, that's definitely interesting. Interesting to watch. Doesn't really mean much, but it's one of those cool sports facts that people like for no reason that anybody can figure out. But, but next, one... next year, Clemson and Bama will probably be back – in the college football playoff for sure, if not the national championship game again, due to the fact that Clemson is returning a majority of their offensive line, four out of five starters. They're returning most of their offensive weapons, including uh, that Justin Ross. If any of you didn't see his one-handed catch on the sideline, go and look oh, that up. Oh, that was up. incredible. It was I watched the highlight of that when I, catch. when I got off the bus yesterday. He, that was incredible. He is a freshman as well as Trevor Lawrence, and they are there to wreak havoc in the ACC for two more years, and they are going to. So I see, Clemson, ACC. I see Clemson going back, and I see Alabama going back, and it's a fight for who will probably be the third and fourth team in the playoffs. We'll see what happens as the year goes, but for right now, those two teams are poised for at least another run at the title. For sure, for sure. The other, the other uh, big thing that happened in college football, at least as far as the Iowa State Cyclones are concerned, is that both Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery decided here over the weekend to declare for the NFL draft. So both of them have decided that they're going to go pro and forego their senior seasons at Iowa State. And though I do hate to see them go, because they were absolutely great players for the Cyclones, both absolute legends for the Cyclones. But I think it was the right decision for them. They're both, I've looked at some big boards and stuff that have Montgomery as the number one running back and Butler as the number two wide receiver in the entire draft class for this year. So they're going to they're gonna be high draft picks. They're going to break the... Uh, break the string of, what is it, like four consecutive years that Iowa State hasn't had a player drafted at some point during the NFL draft. Both Butler and Montgomery are going to get drafted, probably in the third round or earlier, too, for both of them, too. I would say, I think they're both probably going to get drafted in the second round, would be my guess, is that both of them will be second-round picks. 
And I mean, that's good for them. They got to go and use their talents to make money, especially Butler, who already uh, graduated and got his degree. He graduated here at the end of the uh, the uh, fall semester. So he's got his degree. He should go make his money in the NFL. And he's he's going to be a playmaker on Sundays in the NFL too, I think. He's just got to learn to hold on to those easy passes that he uh, sometimes has a trouble holding on to. But if you throw it... Any contested catch he's going to make, he's proved that over the course of this season, that he's going to throw off defenders like there's no tomorrow, and he's going to make the catches that uh, that other people can't make. And he's got the speed to outrun defensive backs, too. Obviously, he's going to be facing more talent on defense than he did while he was in college, but he's still a matchup nightmare for any any defensive back in the NFL. With his frame and his size, he's only going to get bigger and stronger, and he's just going to be a force. I hope David Montgomery gets on a good team. I see him as maybe for his first two two years not being a lead back, but being a third down back um, for a team sitting behind like a Leonard Fournette or a Le'Veon Bell, wherever he goes. But I see him being on a productive team. But I don't think Montgomery fits the mold of a third down back. I don't either, but You want your third down back to be a shifty, speed, pass-catching back, and that's exactly the opposite of what Montgomery is. I just Montgomery think is a head-down, run-over, make-people-miss type back, which is not the mold of a third down back. He is an NFL-ready running back as far as size and skill is concerned. I think he could hop in right away on any NFL team and be successful, if you ask me. I don't think... I think he will be a compliment in the backfield, but I don't think he'll be a true third down back. That doesn't fit his skill set. But we'll see. I think they both could hop in right away. Butler could be somebody's third wide receiver for next year somewhere. Maybe the Vikings should draft him. They need a they need a new uh, third wide receiver since Laquan Treadwell has been awful since we drafted him in the first round. What was it? Three, four, that was a eight wasted years pick. ago. That was a bad draft pick. Well, Hakeem but, Butler can work in the slot very easily, and he'd be for sure. That would be an even better matchup for him because he's going to get the smaller corners too, mm-hmm. or get who matched could, up against linebackers who won't be able to cover his speed. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he could he could be a matchup problem in the slot with his six six size and seven foot wingspan. He could be a heck of a problem in the slot for linebackers, corners, and even some of the smaller safeties who might end up having to cover him at times too yeah. if he's in the slot. I think so. I think an NFL team's going to eat him up. A team who's desperate, desperately in need of wide receivers. Thinking of teams like that, you got the Bills, you got the Jags, the Cowboys would be looking for another receiver. Like all, I think he would fit very well into some of those teams and be a very productive wide receiver. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think both of them are going to be going to be productive players and good for them. It's a loss for the Cyclones for sure, but. That's good for them. I think the uh, I think the Cyclones will be able to uh, figure it out for next year anyway. And speaking of next year, since uh, this college football season is officially over, I figure we should uh, look ahead to next season and uh, see what our early thoughts are for Iowa State football starting next year. ESPN did the uh, what I consider the stupid column that they do every year right at the, the Tuesday after the national championship and put out their way too their way too early 
uh, college football power rankings for the next year. And they had Iowa State ranked 20th um, in their way too early ranking. So obviously the uh, Cyclones are starting to get some national attention as far as what they're going to uh, be able to do for next season. Kyle and uh, Wyatt, what are your thoughts for what the Cyclones are going to be able to do next season? I know we're a ways away, but what do you think? Well, looking at it, uh, if you look at those uh, power rankings by ESPN, that puts them behind Oklahoma and Texas as the third best team in the Big 12 next year. And I think that's where they could be. We don't lose. We lose a lot in David Montgomery, but we're gaining a lot There's in so many back recruiting yeah. class. Our running back class is going to be deep. We have some returning players. Um, we have Johnny Lang as well as Kene Nwangu and Crony, Sheldon Crony Jr. in the backfield. But we also have Jareel Brock, a four-star recruit, 89 overall composite from 24-7, as well as um, Brees Hall, who comes in at an 88 or an 87 overall or, uh, percent composite from 24-7 sports. And both of them were star athletes in high school. So I think there's not going to be a large gap, a large um, drop-off at running back. We are going to need to find that playmaker as a receiver for for this season. I think Matthew Eaton is going to have to step up big time in order for these Cyclones to continue making progress. But we also have... I think it was Ezra Anderson coming in, who's 6'6". We have two gigantic wide receivers coming in, both over 6'4", and they're going to have to step up, as well as um, uh, Chase Allen is going to have to step up as he will be going into his junior season uh, with the Cyclones Mm -hmm. at tight end, and I think he could be a real... Uh, receiving threat for them as well because he's been able to line up not only at the tight end spot in a three-point stance, but he's also lined up in the slot. Yep, and all of the offensive line is coming back this year too. All of them, none yeah. of them graduated. So all of our uh, and we we could have competition on the offensive line with some of our recruits coming in, which will be good. It'll challenge our current offensive line to continue going moving forward. Um, but taking a look at defense, we have. Uh, Obviously, the loss of Willie Harvey and Brian Peavy are big. Um, so we're going to need players to step up. But we have um, the Lewis. I'm blanking on his first name. It's not Brad. It, I don't. It might be Braxton Lewis. I don't know. I forget his first name. But we have Lewis and Eisworth roaming the secondary. And Rose, so they will both be back. And Rose, Rose linebacker. Spears will be back. Uh, and Lima. North Northrup Lima, uh, Jaquan Bailey is coming back. Yep. So, the Cyclones' defense is gonna be gonna be similar. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna need some help at corner. We're bringing and back. We had Johnson step in, and we have uh, a freshman this year who sat out, who's supposed to be pretty good, but mm-hmm. we'll just need our corners to step up and play well for us. Yeah. We're bringing back, uh, according to Alex Halstead, we're bringing back uh, sixty, uh, about sixty-eight percent of our starters from last year are coming yeah. back for next year. Seventy-two percent on defense and sixty-four on offense, essentially. And that's and that's a sixty-eight percent so. starters who won six Big Twelve games mm-hmm. this season. Yeah, six Big Twelve games. 
that's a huge step towards next year. Mm-hmm. And the big thing, the Cyclones play, I believe, four out of their first five games at home this year. Jack Trice will be rocking for those first four games yeah, well. at home. And I hope to see those Cyclones start out either 5-0 and or 4-1. and That would be a great start to that season, which would mm-hmm. include a win over Iowa. Which we haven't seen enough for, yes, yeah. You're right. So that would be that would be a good thing to go get for us. Go get a win against Iowa. Also, one player who needs to step up, I know you're talking about the receiving core, and one player who needs to uh, step up is uh, Joseph Skates, too, the recruit last year, the four-star wide receiver we had come in who was suspended for most mm. of the year. I think I've talked about this before, so I won't tap on it for long, but he needs to figure his life out and contribute this year, too. For our receiving core. So I think that wraps up our discussion of college football for the year until, you know, some interesting tidbits come out, you know, keep monitoring Twitter and things like that. But it's been a good uh, good season talking uh, college football. And since that's over and now uh, college basketball season's in big, in full swing. And uh, speaking of full swing, the Cyclones came out swinging uh, this last weekend when they uh, really kind of just beat up on KU over the weekend. It was, uh, the game was kind of close in the first half, but you never got the feeling that the Cyclones were going to lose that game. At least I didn't when I was watching that. They were dominating KU defensively. They just, KU just looked out of whack. They didn't really have, look like they had much of a chance of anything for that game. I don't know. What did you, what were your thoughts on that game, Kyle? Well, KU just played very uncharacteristically under Bill Self. And, Yes, it it they were without their big man Aduka, or Azabuke. 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 Whatever. So they were without him, but they're gonna have to deal with that for the rest of the season now, as he's been declared out. So that's mm-hmm. a big loss for KU basketball. Mm-hmm. And the big thing is they ran their offense with two big men, with Diedrich Lawson and Azabuke on the floor, with Diedrich Lawson being the facilitator to Azabuke, who can score from anywhere within five feet of the basket. But that's basket, it. Pretty much. But that's it. He doesn't do anything else, especially shoot free throws. Yeah. But, Ethan Happ also doesn't shoot but free throws, they but had that's another to, story. They had to move Diedrich Lawson to the five, and for most of the game, the offense looked... Like, he was kind of in shambles. It just looked very unproductive. There were lots of turnovers. At one point, they had more turnovers in the first half than made field goals. That's not a recipe to win any Big 12 game, especially when you're on the road. Now, yes, that is very atypical Bill Self basketball, but he's, I mean, he's going to figure it out at some point. But this KU team doesn't look like they're as strong as they have been going into Big 12 play in years past. They look beatable this year. And Iowa State was able to prove that with this decisive 17-point victory over them. Now, the Cyclones did play very well, and they shot very well. And this could be a special year for Iowa State, but they really seem to only play their best at home, which is really hard for the Big 12 season. And that, yeah, so it was a great win over Kansas, but I want to get in a little bit into the game tonight that just finished. So 
Uh, and, Tuesday night, the Cyclones played the Baylor Bears and, in Waco. And and this is this is why you're pissed off, right, Kyle? You're the one who's pissed off this week because yeah, of this game. Yeah, so Tell us why I, you're pissed I'm off because upset. of this game. I, I'm I'm pissed, really. It, so why can't why do the Cyclones get heralded all this heralded attention for their defense against KU? when they cannot go on the road and play defense they lose the fundamentals of basketball with a minute left in the game and you're tied with baylor on the road you're ranked 20th in the nation baylor is eight and five that's not good not good you are tied you foul their point guard blanking on his name right now somebody help me Wyatt. oh is that a uh 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 Makai Makai Mason yeah Yeah. Makai Mason thank you he we foul him he goes to the free throw line 83% free throw shooter on the season good free throw shooter right so he shoots the ball he shoot makes it makes the first one misses the second one do you know what Solomon Young doesn't do in the lane he doesn't box out you have inside position you're supposed to get the rebound on a missed free throw you have to go and get that ball. You have to want it. You have to want to win that game. Solomon Young botched the play. King McClure gets the rebound. They call timeout. They get the ball in the inbounds. They make two more free throws to go up by three. In the final, in the final score, Baylor wins by three. Had we gotten that rebound, had the game come out differently, I don't know. We could have lost by one. Who knows? But... You get that rebound, you put yourself in position to win a basketball game. You don't get that rebound, you might as well have shot yourself in the foot because that's what Solomon Young did to the Cyclones. And that is why I'm pissed off. Plus, the Cyclones never win, never win in Waco. That's true. I am sick and tired of seeing us lose to freaking, blanking on his name now, the coach at Baylor... In Waco, I'm tired of him. Scott Drew, that's his name. Yeah. Sick and tired of losing to Scott Drew in Waco. It's the Baylor curse. Mm-hmm. That's true. Thank you for listening to my rant, everybody. Yeah, but do you know what I'm not pissed off about? I'm not pissed off about the way the Cyclone women's basketball team is playing. They've jumped out to a 2-0 conference side. Bridget Carlton is playing out of her mind this year. And her, 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 jer- her jersey is going to be hanging in the rafters of Hilton Coliseum at some point. There's no doubt about that with how Bridget Carlton has been uh, has been playing this year and over her career. Her number is going to get retired at some point and her jersey will be hanging in the rafters at Hilton. And there's a huge game coming up. Uh, the, the women play on Wednesday uh, at K-State no, against TCU. Sorry, against TCU which is a game that they'll hopefully win, setting up an absolutely huge showdown on Saturday in Ames against Texas to really decide who the second-best team in the conference is. Baylor is the best team in the Big 12, and then Texas and Iowa State are really close to each other at this point. So really this game that's coming up on uh, on Saturday is going to be decide who the second-best team in the conference is. Whoever wins that game will be... Uh, will be in position to be called the second best team in the conference and will be ranked as the highest or as the second best team in the conference. So it's really uh it's gonna be a really fun game to watch, I'm sure. 
I'm sure uh, the Cyclones will come out ready to play. Coach Fenley always has those Cyclone women out ready to play. So I'm excited to see if they can. I really start to believe this team could go go, go big, big places, big places, go a long way if they can beat Texas. I'll start to believe if they're a good team, I'll start to believe they're a great team if they could knock off Texas on Saturday. So we'll have to keep an eye on that, and we'll give you an update on that uh, next week. Question for you, Mike. Yeah, what do you got? If the Cyclones win, Cyclone women's team beats Texas, yep, and then Iowa State women's basketball gets some help with the rest of the conference with Baylor, is this a year that we could potentially be in the hunt for two regular season Big 12 championships for men's basketball and women's basketball? I think Baylor is too good in women's basketball for the Cyclones to beat them. So, and I think the men shot themselves in the foot too much by losing at Baylor today to be able to win the championship. I think for the men, Texas Tech and Kansas are still really good, and Baylor is too good for the women. So I don't think either will win the conference, but I mean, we could have, as the season goes on, there's a chance that we could still be there, but I don't think either of them are going to do it. They'll both be competitive, and like I said last week, uh, when I write that down, I think they'll both finish in the top four but I don't think either of them will be able to win it. It's definitely a fun time to be a Cyclone athletics fan. It is. Especially basketball right now. Basketball is is in a good place right now. It is. But do you know who is probably not – it's probably not a very happy time to be a fan – it's probably not hmm. a very happy time. Is it the, the, Bears? the Baylor Bears? Oh, no. It's the Chicago no. Bears with the doink, 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 double doinker. Oh, doink, 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 doink. The double doinker. Oh, my goodness. Wow. The Bears had that game in their grasp until the last uh, second to last possession, the last Eagles possession, where the magical Nick Foles, I don't know how he keeps doing it, leads a comeback drive to score a touchdown to put the Eagles up one uh, with less than two minutes left. And the Bears managed to drive down into field goings just to have Cody Parkey doing it off the upright and then off the crossbar and then fall out of the goalpost for a missed field goal and the uh, Bears lose the game. I don't know if I've ever seen a field goal hit both the crossbar and the upright before, much less a kick of that magnitude. That was insane. It was a block too, so uh, it came off of a hand off the upright mm-hmm. and the crossbar. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's, like, it's almost insane. like a triple doinker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see with the uh, Eagles now going in. The Eagles are going into, uh, ooh, they were the sixth seed, so that means they get to go to the New Orleans, right? So They do. So it'll be interesting to see. Probably the legend of Nick Falls um, um, uh, ends there in, uh, in uh, the Superdome in New Orleans, but we'll have to find out this weekend to see if that uh, – Actually happens. In the other playoff games, the uh, Colts defense came up really big, uh, big this week against the Houston Texans. Andrew Luck looks looked pretty good, and uh, Deshaun and they shut down Deshaun Watson. I was actually in Indianapolis this weekend, so it was interesting as I was wandering around downtown. All the Colts fans at the bars downtown, uh, watching that game, getting pretty excited. So the real question is, Deshaun Watson has been great in the regular season, but because of like injury and then this year he has no playoff success for that. So how good do you think Deshaun Watson is actually, Kyle? Is he a top 
10 quarterback in the NFL or not? Have you not seen enough to uh, to say that he's uh, an all-time great? What do you think? Or a top 10 I quarterback, can't say I should enough. say. I can't say enough right now. He's definitely in the upper half of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Okay. I can confidently say that. I think he's top 16. Um, he's in a good offense. He's got a good head coach who knows how to coach quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. But last year he was a phenom for the first half of the year yes. as a gruesome injury. So ha- what would he have done the rest of the year? I don't know. We can't say. This year, he's mediocre at times, more of a game manager. Not, obviously, showtime like Patrick Mahomes has been. Not a big production guy like Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff, Matt Ryan, or Drew Brees can be. And not a game winner like Russell Wilson can be. So, I haven't seen enough to judge. I think he's going to be good for a long time. Will he be great? I'm not sure. My current comparison when comparing him to quarterbacks of recent years, I would compare him more to Alex Smith. He has more of a deep ball threat than Alex Smith. He's a little less accurate, but he's more of a game manager. He's not going to throw for 450 yards every game. He's not going to throw for 300 yards every game, but he'll throw for... 195 yards in a game, but still be able to scramble and manage a football game. So I, I just need to see more in order to see if he'll be a good quarterback for a long time. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll have to see what he does next year. And uh, the Chargers, who are still my pick to win the Super Bowl, uh, we'll see how they do uh, this next week. They survived a late Ravens comeback. The Chargers seem to have that game under control after they scored early in the fourth quarter to make it a three-possession game. But the Ravens charged back with a couple touchdowns and made it close at the end until Lamar Jackson fumbled on their last possession. So the Ravens gave it a good effort, but I think the Chargers are just too good for them. And the Chargers are going to go to New England, the legend of Tom Brady, um, and one of the best quarterbacks of all time goes up against Philip Rivers, who's probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time, and a really good Chargers team who I think a lot of people are overlooking. I think that's the game that I'm most looking forward to this next weekend, is that uh, is that uh, that uh, Chargers versus uh, Patriots game in New England to see Philip Rivers and Tom Brady go at it, because those are two teams that... Um, Two teams that uh, I think are really evenly matched. I think if the game was in Los Angeles, I might pick the Chargers, but I think that it's going to have to be the uh, it's going to be the Patriots just because the Patriots don't lose playoff games at home. That's it's going to be so tough to beat the Patriots in Foxborough. Yeah, and a an interesting fact: um, all time, the remaining quarterbacks in the AFC left in the. Uh, in the in the playoffs right now, Andrew Luck, Philip Rivers, and Pat Mahomes, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and out of the Andrea. three of those, none of them have ever beaten Tom Brady. That doesn't bode well for anybody who's not named Tom Brady. Nope. We'll see if anybody can. I believe hand... that stat was zero and fourteen. I think. Interesting. We'll have to see if anybody can get to him. If the Chargers are able to. Uh... To either score enough points or uh, hold Tom Brady in check enough to be able to uh, 
get the job done. Uh, so do you want to talk just uh, real, real quick here about the uh, about the Chiefs to see if they can uh, get rid of their postseason demons oh, here against God. Andrew Luck I, and the uh, and the Colts, Kyle? I am nervous for this game. This game has a disappointment written all over it for the Chiefs. But I just hope that Andy Reid will have the team ready to go and Patrick Mahomes will have the ability to play the game well enough to to have them in a position to maybe get a game-winning drive. Uh, the Colts have been playing super well recently, and it's going to come down to can the Chiefs defense stop Andrew Luck and Marlon Mack. The Chiefs defense is horrible at stopping the run this year. Marlon Mack ran all over the Texans defense, so... It's going to come down to how well can the defense play and can the offense not get shut down by the Colts who shut out the Cowboys earlier this season. So I I hope we can, God, I hope we can overcome our postseason demons. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a close game. I see the Chiefs moving on just barely still, but I can also see Andrew Luck pulling out a game, uh, that game in Arrowhead. So... We'll see. I think it's going to be a really great game to start off divisional round. Very nice. Very nice. We'll have to see. We'll uh, update you all on how those playoff games turn out and what the uh, championship game matchups are going to be uh, on our next episode on Sunday. But for now, it's time for everybody's favorite segment of the week, Mike's Awesome Rules segment. I think we've got so, the conclusion that they're only, it's, they're only kind of halfway decent when they're not hockey rules. Well, lucky for everybody, this week, we have another hockey rule. Oh, yay. Mike's stupid rules. So this is a cue for you to mute your stereo, mute your headphones, and you can just take a break for five minutes and join us back for our Write That Down prediction. Okay, so here we go. So this isn't one rule specifically, but see, I remember a few episodes ago, we talked about how a goal could be waived off for goaltender interference. Remember, if you make contact with the goalie to uh, prevent him from making a save. So this time I want to talk about uh, the other two ways or the other couple of ways that a goal might be uh, disallowed upon review. Or, yeah, upon review or that a puck that goes into the net might end up not being a goal. Another one is playing the puck with a high stick which we talked about in a stupid rules segment earlier remember if your stick goes above if your stick goes above your shoulders you can't play the puck with it so that if you uh, knock it in when it's above your shoulders that also wouldn't count you also cannot kick the puck into a net, into the net for a goal so if you make a distinct kicking motion with your skate and kick the puck into a net into the net that will not count as a goal also and the third way that a goal could be disallowed is that if upon review it was established that the uh, team was offsides when they entered the uh, when they entered the uh, offensive zone, and I believe I talked about offsides on the awesome rules segment earlier as well. So and yeah, so upon review, a coach can challenge to see if the opposing team was offsides uh, when the goal was scored, and they will view that. If they were, of course, the goal will be disallowed. But the interesting thing about challenging for offsides in hockey is that if you fail that challenge, um, you'd have to take a two-minute minor penalty too as your 
as your penalty for losing that challenge. So not only would the goal that you were challenging count, but your opponent immediately gets to go on a uh, on a uh, power play too, which is interesting. So those are the other three ways that a goal could be disallowed. Playing it with high stick, kicking it in, or if you were offsides before you entered the zone. Does that make sense for uh, more ways a goal that uh, seems to go in the net could be disallowed? Dollars. Dollars. Ooh, nice. Ooh, jinx. Who's going to give who what? Ooh. (laughs) Ooh. I feel really bad for all those people that are going to be sitting all alone for the next two or three minutes because Kyle told them to sit away for five minutes. This is why nobody ever listens to Kyle. The rule segment was about three minutes, not five. So it looks like they're going to be jumping in halfway into our uh what's the segment called again the write that down predictions the write that down predictions. well thanks to your babbling they'll only miss one minute now <laughs> that was the point our, our great producer wyatt tito who forgets what all of our segments are called that's okay it's been a long day i had to actually work full time that's fair it's almost it's almost time for school to start that'll be better right you'll have more time then that's not true <laughs> so producing this podcast isn't your full-time job no but it feels like it oh not really if if we get some sponsors then it could be a full-time job yeah we need Ooh. to yeah you're right but we don't have any no so. we also if have you want to if you're listening and want to sponsor the 8311 cast uh let us know we'd we'd uh love to get some sponsors drop us a line on 8311 cast slash contact mm-hmm Anyway, into our accountability session. This is accountability session that I really like this week. So we had three predictions come off the board this week, two from Kyle and one from Wyatt. The first prediction that uh, came off the board was since now that the uh, Big 12 football season is officially over, Kyle predicted that the Cyclones will be the number one defense in points and yards in the Big 12. The Cyclones were indeed the number one defense in points allowed this year. Let me find the exact number. Yeah, Iowa State was number one, giving up 22.9 points per game. But Iowa State was the second defense in the Big 12 in yards allowed. TCU gave up 338 yards per game, and Iowa State gave up 349 yards per game. So 11 yards per game, you missed it by, Kyle. And with that prediction, you get a nah. Uh, Kyle had a second prediction come off the board. And that was that both Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery will return for your, their uh, senior season. For that prediction, we're going to give you a double. Nah, nah, nah. Because they both decided to leave. And Wyatt had a prediction on the board that said just David Montgomery. Or not that just, that David Montgomery would stay. And uh, David Montgomery is going. So for that, Wyatt gets a nah. Nah. <laughs> Those are the only three predictions that uh, came off the board. So we'll keep you updated next week as more teams get eliminated from the NFL playoffs. I'm sure uh, some of our uh, Super Bowl predictions and the like may come off the board. So we'll have to see how that goes. On to write that down predictions for this week. Um, what do you got for us, Kyle? What's yours? Uh, the Cyclones, Cyclone men's basketball team will win 14 Big 12 conference games. 14 Big 12 conference games. So they play 18. So essentially saying, is that exactly 14 or 14 or more? 
14 or more. 14, 14 or, or more. more. So we can only have three more losses in order for this prediction to come true. Okay. Ooh, I'd be willing to triple. give you a triple for that prediction. Triple. I think that's a triple worthy prediction. Does that sound fair? I mean, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Uh, I'm not going to complain with that. I wasn't looking for a home run. Sweet. All right. My write that down prediction is that despite the injury and that he is uh, coming off the bench at this point for the uh, Cyclone basketball team, that Lindell Wigington will not be a Cyclone next year, whether that's because he uh, declares for the NBA draft or he gets sick of being the sixth man when he's probably the best player on this team um, and decides to transfer, that uh, Lindell Wigington will not be a Cyclone next year, either because of declaring for the NBA draft or transferring because Coach Pro- he feels that Coach Prom is misusing his talents. That is my write-that-down prediction. I mean, that, that's I fair. like how you had to add in the injury part and the transferring part, because if you didn't, and you just said Wigington will not be a Cyclone next year, I would have given you a single. But I mean, I see him leaving. I don't think he's gonna stay. I want him to stay. I don't think he's. I don't think he's staying. I don't think he's staying single. either. I was happy with the single. I right. single. That's fair. I'll take a single. That's fine with me. Because we all thought he was kind of gonna leave last year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was sort of a pleasant surprise to see him not leave last year. So. Yeah. And that's s- fair. Sticking on the the trend of basketball, I got mm-hmm. that the Cyclones women basketball team will win the Big Twelve. Win the Big 12 title, the Big 12 tournament, yo. Okay. The bit, the, the regular season title or the tournament, the tournament title? title? You said it's, title, and then you said I, I meant tournament so. title, but okay. just, just, just read the, it's on the sheet, Kyle. Just I, read I know, the but sheet. I wanted, I wanted to clarify for all of our listeners out what there sheet? who might get confused. We don't use a sheet. We just wing it every week, right? <sighs> like your intro. Wings. Wings. <laughs> Okay. All right. Um, what do you think on that one? I'm a little. I don't really know what to do with uh, with that one. There's Texas and Baylor. <sighs> I, I go Cyclones. Boo, Lady Bears. And Texas and Texas and Texas and Baylor are presumably going to be number one or number two, respectively. Right. Which means they will be the first and second seed. Mm-hmm. So they won't be able to beat up on each other. And right. Be so we probably have to beat both Baylor and Texas. Yeah. Triple. In order to do that. Triple? All right. I'll, triple? I'm, I'm fine with that. I was between a double and a triple, okay so I'll give him a triple. I'll take it. Triple it's not that. like I can really argue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're not going to argue that to a home run. So no, you should be happy with not. your triple and move and on. And if you wanted to argue that to a home run, we'd give you a double. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's why Just I'm out of definitely spite. not arguing. Do we have anything from Josh this week? Uh, I have not heard from Josh since uh, we all left after we got back from San Antonio. So I haven't heard from Josh since New Year's Eve, so I hope he's okay. Oh, yeah. I also have not heard from Josh since New Year's Eve. Ooh. I forgot I talked to him on New Year's Eve. You did? Yeah. When you, uh, were you not yeah, paying attention in the... Was I talking the, to uh, him? Yes. Yeah. Like, not in person, <laughs> but, like, over Facebook Messenger. Uh, and on that bombshell, uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 8311Cast. Please, BBC, don't sue us. Tune in every Monday for a new episode. Wait, subscribe to our feed. Because uh, I just oh, said I on that bombshell, which is a Jeremy Clarkson thing that he did on the yep. end of Top Gear. <laughs>
Or tune in every Monday for Prime. no, he doesn't say it on Amazon Prime on the, the Grand but Tour. It's, it's, he says, "Uh, what does he say?" And on that terrible disappointment, and on that terrible disappointment, tune in every Monday for a new right, episode Amazon and subscribe Prime, <laughs> and subscribe to our feed on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Find us on Instagram, eighty three eleven cast. Probably not on Amazon Prime because we might get sued by Amazon and now the BBC. Signing off for the eighty three eleven cast. We have your hosts. Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Teeter. Thanks again for listening and letting us put our voices inside of your beautiful ears. We'll talk to you next week. Go Cyclones. We'll see y'all next week. Go Cyclones. We'll see you later this week. Oh, yeah, because we're recording late because I'm bad. But we don't post until Mondays. So Bye. Next- <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>